Barry Soper is our political editor and with us now. Hi, Barry. Good afternoon, Heather. Got a bit rowdy in Parliament with the cost of living handout. Yeah, it was quite a good clash, actually, between uh, the Prime Minister and uh, Chris Luxon, both, of course, who are fresh back from Samoa. Uh, and it was over that cost of living payout debacle. You can imagine what the mood must have been like on the Prime Minister's plane coming back, he wanting the plane, she's got the plane. Uh, I would have liked to have been a fly on the wall up the front of that plane coming back yesterday, Heather. But um, certainly Ardern was on the ropes about how rushed the payment was, um, which went to um, 1.3 million Kiwis, uh, some to form a residence, as uh, you've discussed on your show, uh, who are living overseas, rather than the 2.1 million we were told would receive it. Was Kerry Tapo Allen correct when she stated that the cost of living payment scheme had been developed, quote, essentially overnight, quote? And if so, does this explain why it's resulted in so much taxpayer money being sent to people living overseas? The vast majority of people receiving it, of course, are low and middle income earners in New Zealand. And as we saw inflation increasing, we moved to provide this payment. What does she say to New Zealanders who worked hard and paid their taxes, who are angry her government has knowingly sent their money to expats and backpackers living overseas? Mr Speaker, I totally reject the premise of that question. Does she agree with Labour leader Jacinda Ardern, who tweeted in 2017 that, quote, kids living in cars and motels is not a sign of care, quote. And if so, why are there four times as many people living in cars today than when she became Prime Minister? Oh, Mr Speaker, I stand by that, as I do stand by also the focus this government has on increasing wages and decreasing, Mr Speaker, unemployment across this country. So, uh, yeah, an interesting one, Heather. And what about the Labour Party asking for donations on the back of those payouts? They sent out emails yesterday to their supporters. They did not. They did. What they, did they say? Um, well, people people had no sooner received the 116 bucks, I think it was, uh, saying that uh, you know the Labor Party would um, is looking for donations, and um, you know talk about guilt money. <laughs> Give with one hand, take with the other. Exactly. With, with consent, obviously. Um, yeah. Okay, these unemployment figures are a little bit of a head scratcher, aren't they? Because the the labor market is extremely tight, and yet unemployment's gone up. Yeah, interesting because it was uh, you heard uh, doing their point to it and how well they've done on it. Well, they've uh, crept up ever so slightly, but um, look, uh, there's no employment growth uh, during the quarter. It's a um, a strange jobs market. There's no doubt about that. If you read the bump that's come out about it today, uh, there was solid growth in youth employment. But look, you know, I think you've got to uh, put all of these figures into some sort of perspective here. Though. Uh, there was, there's been a 50,000 increase in those on job seeker benefits since Labor took office, 50,000. Essentially, the unemployment rate only, indica- only includes those who are out there or aren't looking for work, I should say, or are not out there looking for work, those who would prefer to be on the dole. And uh, you would have heard the Salvation Army yesterday, I mentioned it yesterday, that the number of welfare beneficiaries in New Zealand is around 365,000. So you can talk about an unemployment rate uh, being low, but there are still uh, so many people in a country of 5 million uh, receiving some sort of welfare payment. Now, did you ever read of the some um, legal opinion on the on the, the minister Nanaimahuta's comments on Three Waters? 
Yes, I did. It, I mean, it's a very long, complicated um, document. It was um, a legal opinion sought by the taxpayers' union. It was paired by pre- um, um, but paired by reviewed by uh, Queen's Council. Yeah. So there was no one with any barrow really to push in this, and they were doing a job, and they've done a very comprehensive job. What they're saying essentially is that this Water Services Entities Bill, which is the vehicle they're using uh, to uh, uh, take these uh, assets away from councils. Mm. They said uh, the claims that um, councils will continue uh, to own um, the assets are false, misleading and deceptive. And they even talked about the legal uh, ramifications that should be able to be taken against people like Nanaya Mahuta, but it can't be uh, because uh, they're a cabinet minister, not an individual. And the councils are expressly denied rights of possession, control uh, and any benefit uh, under this particular piece of legislation. And you'll see another um, document came out overnight, Heather, and uh, they're looking at councils. Councils are looking at um, just uh, what, in fact, this means in terms of these assets, and they say, uh, the, the, in fact, the uh, co-governance proposal uh, should be walked back. And this is a, a community group called For Local Democracy, and they, uh, they're made up of 31 of the 67 councils. So, uh, look, the, the case against Three Waters is certainly building, but too late. The legislation's already before Parliament, and this government, as we know, has an absolute majority, and they can essentially do what they want to do. Yeah, it's a very good point. Barry, thank you for that. Barry Soper, political editor.